May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Well, good morning. Um, Nothing like being thrown right into the deep end on your first Sunday here as a full-time employee for All Saints. Um, But Father Wes is away, and um, we're happy to see you guys here this morning. Um, And so we're going to get started. How many of you are familiar with this situation? I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, my hands are a mess, or... Maybe I'm in another room and I'm working on a project or I'm out in the carport working on the car or in my shop and I need or want some help or I just want to share the experience that I'm having with one of my children. And so I call out one of their names. There's five of them, so it could be, you know, just pick one. And what happens? Maybe I get a yeah or a yes. If I'm lucky, I might even get a yes, sir. Now, let's contrast this experience with another experience. Some of you are maybe also familiar with this. I'm coaching, and I want to share an observation with the player, or I'm getting ready to send them into the game, and I call out their name. And what happens? Right there, they're by my side. What do you need, coach? Now, what's different about these two situations? In a sense, there's a response to a call in both of these situations. But it's not the same kind of response. And that's because in one, there is merely the acknowledgement of a call. But there's no felt need, nor is there any real desire to answer the call. But in the other, there is an answer that is produced by a desire for deeper and more meaningful participation. Right? That's because to acknowledge is not the same as to answer. I'm going to say that again. To acknowledge is not the same as to answer. And I fear that for myself, when God calls me, often my response is more of a yeah and not the answer of, here I am, send me. How can I, how can we move from merely acknowledging when God calls us to truly answering his call? In our Old Testament and our gospel text this morning, the theme of calling is prominent. Two men are called by God. Both are called in the midst of their mundane and everyday lives. Neither is called because of their goodness. One's an idol worshiper. The other is a tax collector, a collaborator with the Romans. Abram is sitting in Haran when God calls him. Go, leave all that you know, your home, your family. Follow me to a land that I will show you. We have no indication that Abram has heard from God before this. But his response is an answer to God's call. The text says, so Abram went. Such a matter-of-fact way of telling of a life-altering decision. In a similar fashion, the tax collector Matthew is sitting at his table counting his coins that he had collected from his fellow countrymen for the Romans. 
when Christ suddenly appears before him and much like he had done with the other disciples, simply says, follow me. To which the shocked Matthew answers, much like Abram, not with words, but an action. The text simply says that he got up and followed him. In both of these situations, it seems like there's so much more that the text leaves out that I want to know. Were they afraid? Were they confused? Were they conflicted? What was their family situation? How did this go over back home when they got back and said, yo, we're moving. I quit my job. Now, I can think back to times in my own life when I've truly answered God's call. I can remember getting off a plane from Europe with the call to leave our old church and come here to All Saints. I can remember the call to think again about ordination and more recently the call to think about full-time ministry. None of these answers were easy to give, but God's faithfulness in each of those situations was demonstrated when I got home with that call and found that Liz had the same answer that I did. Did Abram and Matthew have similar doubts and fears when they stepped away from home and the collection table? Were there excuses that they gave themselves as they contemplated answering the call? Maybe we hesitate to answer because it can be frightening to truly answer God's call. Now, why is this? Where does our fear and hesitation in answering come from? I think there are two reasons that I want to point out. First, it's because I believe that we know something about God's calling, that there are consequences to answering. When God calls someone, when he calls us, and when they or we answer, change is coming. And we can be afraid of that change. Will it be hard? Will it be painful? Will it be safe? Likely, maybe, almost certainly not. However, if we look at God, if we reflect on who he is, if we remember what he has done, we can ask a much different and much more important question. Will it be good? And this is where the beginning of Psalm 33 comes in. Let's reflect again on that text as it reminds us who exactly this God is that is calling us. He is upright and faithful. His steadfast love for righteousness and justice is so great that it fills the whole world and there is nowhere that it does not and will not reach. Unless we think that he merely wills justice and righteousness, but does not have the power or ability to make his will reality, his word made all of creation. His spirit went out and created all things. Should we be in awe of him, the text asked? Yes. Should we fear him in the sense that we recognize who he is and who we are? And the vast gulf that lies between those things? Absolutely. But should we be worried about his goodness and love for us? 
and of what he is going to do to us and for us, he and his call might not be safe, but they are good. And not for one minute should we be afraid of answering or for settling for anything less than his calling for us. Now, secondly, I think that our fear and hesitation of answering God's call comes from a false view of ourselves and our situation. Those who think they are well are in no need of a physician. If we look really at ourselves, is the change that God's call brings really such a bad thing? Were Abram and Matthew doing so great? Reflect on their situations. Abram's a stranger in a foreign city. and the ancient world, that is a less than ideal situation. Matthew's a tax collector. In terms of Jewish society, there's not a lower social class that he can sink to. If we're honest with ourselves as we look at our lives, are our positions as sinners in the presence of a holy and righteous God any better? For both of them, maybe the change that answering God's call promised wasn't just bringing fear, but joy, relief, hope. To those who realize that they are sick and in need, they long for the change that the great physician brings I know this has been the case with me. Because as we take time to reflect not just on what we know of God, but we also reflect on what exactly he is calling us to, what he wants for us, how can we think that staying where we are is the better option? And what exactly was it that he was calling Abraham and Matthew to? First, he's calling them into a relationship with him. With Abram, the promise is to be his God. With Matthew, it's a call to discipleship. To both, the call is to a truer existence. They're called to a truer life, to eternal life, lived in relationship with and in the presence of God. That God described in Psalm 33, who called to life and existence all reality, The God Paul describes in Romans 4, who brought life out of the barren and aged bodies of Abram and Sarai. The God that this same Matthew describes, who merely the touch of his garment cures and whose words are enough to give life to the dead and to call into existence things that do not exist. This God wishes to call, indeed is calling each and every one of us into the same eternal relationship of love and fellowship that has existed from everlasting and will exist to everlasting between the persons of the Trinity. And it isn't just a single call. After every call and after every answer, there is another and another and another There is no end to the call because the infinite God who calls us calls us into a continually deepening relationship where there is always more 
where the call is always further up and further in into the infinite community of God. In entering deeper and deeper into this relationship, we find that God's call is a plan for us to be his partners, his agents, in his work of reclamation, recreation, and renewal. Abram's call is to fellowship with God, yes, but it's also to be the father of Israel, the means by which all nations and all people will be blessed. Matthew's call is to fellowship, to sit at table with Christ, but he is also called to be a witness to the risen Christ, to be a gospel author, a missionary, and martyr. God's call is an invitation to fellowship and to purpose, to community and to usefulness, two of the great longings of the human experience. If this is God's call to each of us, our response then to God's call is essential. Our yes, when given, is, according to Paul, the essence of faith. Faith is never a mere acknowledgement of God's call, but an answer. It is the here I am, Lord, send me. Faith is the answer, yes, to walk into relationship and into the plan of God with confidence and trust found and founded in the goodness and faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises and purposes in me the same way that he has done this countless times before. Now, God's call to each of us is unique. It will not be the same for you as it is for me. And that's why we get the opportunity to live out these callings in the rich community of fellow answerers. God may not be asking you to leave your home, your job. He may not be asking you to wear a robe and a stole. But that doesn't mean his purpose in calling you is any different than his purpose in calling me. His deep love for us, his longing for us to be in fellowship with him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be caught up and find our places and purpose in his plan to bring his love, righteousness, and justice to the ends of the earth. And therefore, our response to his calling should be the same. Lord, let my life, let our lives be ones not of mere acknowledgement, but of constant answers to your call as you invite us further up and further in, that we here, your church in this place at this time, might be more and more transformed as you and your spirit change us into your people and agents. And now to the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ our Lord, be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen.